We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? So, Colts lose again. Uh, not to be uh, surprised at all about the way that this team plays against AFC South opponents. Uh, they lose again. It is now the fifth straight game in a row that the Colts have lost to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel has won six of the last seven games against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Cody, I mean... What more can you freaking say at this point? Like, I mean, this team is so pathetic to watch, especially offensively. I mean, and I hate saying that because, you know, there were a couple guys offensively that actually did their jobs today. But again, this team comes in unprepared, unable to play, and they just lose because they're unprepared to do anything that's necessary to win. Where do you begin? I mean, this team gives us like some glimmer of hope that they might have figured things out on offense. Then they come out and lay this egg where they score what ten points in total. Um, you know, one touchdown in this game. Ironic, I'm wearing this touchdown shirt because that's all the Colts did do today. They scored one touchdown, one field goal. Just an utter pitiful performance from this offense. Now the Colts uh, fold one three and one in the division. Uh, clearly not good enough. The Colts' chances now are very, very minor to make the postseason. I think somewhere around 20% now in the 20s um, for the Colts to win. And Derek, I said this, I don't know if I said this in our pod or if I said this you know, on the other pod. I think I might have said it in the preview. This was the biggest game of Frank Gregg's career and how poetic justice it is that the offense finishes with whimper. And that just ends, I mean, any, I think, possibility that Reich is is here after this season. I mean, you just cannot continue to do this offensively. You just can't, you know, through seven weeks, you can't continue to just be outright terrible on offense. Like it's pathetic, man. You're right. This offense is absolutely pathetic. And the dumb thing is Derek, like you talked about, there's guys who really like didn't play rough. Like, you know, Paris Campbell had a really nice game. You know, Jonathan Taylor, when he was on the field, he had, you know, really good averages. But, like, the thing is, this team just can't consistently put it together offensively. And it's to the point now where, you know, they've screwed themselves over so many times. How many times are we going to hear Frank Reich say, I was out coached before something is done? How many times are we going to have the defense 
do their job, and the offense completely fail them time and time again until this offensive mastermind is out the door. I'm mm-hmm. done with him. I'm so sick and tired of him. You know, I thought maybe he was learning some things. I thought maybe this team was on track. I was fooled by last week's performance. That was clearly the outlier. This offense is clearly the worst in football, if not the worst, one of the worst in football. And, you know, you can say what you want about personnel, but the Colts offense showed that they can put things up when they want to, mm-hmm. right? But what do we continue to see? This team failing to execute when it matters, the play calling, the personnel decisions, all these things just horrendous every single week. It's like Frank Reich looks at what the Colts do well, the players that did well, and he just decides not to target them or not to get them involved. You know, I think the, the weird thing is it feels like the Colts sabotage themselves more often than not. It's not like teams are beating the Colts. It's like the Colts are beating themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is a, you know, it's a head coach thing. We've said it before on this podcast this year. It's a head coach thing. And the fact that you're only able to put up 10 points against one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL, it's just pathetic, Derek. It's just purely pathetic. And the fact that Jonathan Taylor only got 10 carries in this game is even more pathetic because he was actually running the ball very effectively today. It's just a culmination of all these things. I mean, I don't see any reason. You know, Frank Reich has just continued when it mattered this year offensively. The offense has failed for the majority of the time. and. I don't know how in the world this team is is only have three losses this year. I mean, really, it's the defense and mainly the special teams, even though they were pretty bad today as well on the punting department. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? If the defense was any worse than they were, if the special teams had days like they did more often, I mean, this team would may have maybe have one, two wins at the most. No, they probably have no wins. They probably have no no wins. wins. You know. Uh, so it just goes to show you how bad the offense is. You know, it's ironic, Derek, when Frank Reich talks all the time about, you know, having all three phases when one of the phases is clearly not even like remotely on the same level as the other two phases, the majority of the time. And I think it's just really, really detrimental to him as a head coach because he could maybe, he could maybe scapegoat the defense if it was a defense's issue, but it's not the defense's issue anymore. It's an offensive issue. And that's what they brought him in to do, to have a, a really good offense. Mm-hmm. And outside of the year with Andrew Luck, Derek, you really look at Frank Reich in totality as a coach. His offenses haven't really been that great, all things considered. And it continues here in this week. So, yeah, Colts, again, two years in a row, swept by the Titans. We know how mad Jim Merce has to be right now because we know how much he wants the Colts to win this rivalry. But let's be honest, Derek, with Frank Reich at the helm, the Colts have no chance at winning the division anytime soon. Yeah, I I just think that's true because at the end of the day, I mean, Vrabel Vrabel has been out coaching Reich every single time. And And he admits it. He admits it every single time. He admits it flat out. I mean, it's... I, I even said that on Twitter and everyone's like, well, he said the correct answer. I mean, why are you uh, giving him shit about it? Well, I mean, you're not supposed to admit you're getting out coached every time that you play. Like, and the fact that you are saying it and not just saying it once, but saying it several times every single year, again, just reminds people you're not doing your job well. If you're continuously getting out coached, then that means you're not doing your job very well and you need to be gone. He's saying it flat out to everyone. There is not a single reason to keep him around after a while. I mean, at this point, I don't even know. I don't really, I don't know whether to just say, 
throw it out the door right now and just say, if you're not going to keep him till the end of the, to the end of the, uh, when the end of the year comes around, then why even keep him around? Right? Like at the end of the day, it's not going to matter at that point, but I don't know. It's ridiculous. I mean, and when you look at this, this team and what it did, I mean, Cody, the offense, it was so weird today. Cause like the amount of time, the Colts spent more time in Tennessee Titan territory than the Titans did in Colts territory today. And that's crazy that the Titans were in our side of the field less than we were theirs, but yet they still won. I mean, it's incredible because Matt Ryan went 33 of 44 today. So completed pretty much like, you know, ended up completing close to 70% of his passes, but only for 243 yards, threw the ball 44 more times, had one touchdown to two interceptions, one of those touchdowns being a pick six uh, interceptions that he threw. Matt Ryan contributed almost as many points by himself in this game as the Tennessee Titans offense did. I mean, that's sad. That's truly, truly sad that your quarterback gave up almost as many points as the offense for the Titans scored today. The Titans didn't score a touchdown today, Derek. No, they didn't. Like lost in this. The Titans only scored 12 points, all field goals. So the Colts defense, they did their job today. They did their job just like they did a week, you know, the last week they played. They did their job and the offense continues to just screw the, the team over. Like at this point, it's no question what the issue is. Like it's not even like remotely close. So I want to give a shout out to the defense for again keeping the Colts of this game somehow, some way till really the near end when the Colts you know, had that fumble, the Colts were in that game thanks to their defense and only their defense. Mm-hmm. And so Gus Bradley and these guys, they're playing extremely well. I want to give them props for that. They are playing extremely well, given the circumstances, given the fact that your offense surrendered a touchdown, your defense comes back, and they really shut down Tennessee pretty much this entire game. So mm-hmm. just want to give them a shout-out, uh, but just the offense not holding their weight, you know, and there's no accountability with this team, Derek on the offensive side. No, none, no accountability at all. And at the end of the day, like Frank Reich is digging his own grave by saying he's gotten out coach. Just like, I've heard that a hundred times, dude, something's got to change. Yeah. Like, you know? When are you going to get to a point where you're not getting out coached? Like, it's not gonna, happening. Are you going to do different or are you just going to keep accepting it whenever you lose? I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like a fine line of accepting responsibility and admitting that you're inferior as a coach. <laughs> like, yeah. and he's admitting right. he's inferior as a coach and we all see it. We're all done with it. Like the Titans, you'll give them credit, Derek. You know, they were beat up. They were down a lot of offensive linemen. Yes. You know, they don't really have a lot of talent. The Colts are a more talented team. Let's be honest. Yeah. We could say from one to 53, the Colts are a more talented team. The Titans are a much better coach than the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Like, can you imagine what Mike Vrabel would do with a Colts team like this? Yeah. I really think that they would be, you know, in the division lead and there wouldn't be anybody close. Yeah. Like, I think it's to that point. But I don't want to also just not, you know, give Chris Ballard, you know, his fair share of criticism as well, because he definitely deserves some as well. Yeah. I mean, you talk about it. Why are we continuing with this quarterback carousel? We've had this conversation all year, Derek. New offense every single year with a new quarterback. It's just, it's not helping anybody out there, you know? And I think that cements in my mind and hopefully your mind as well. I think it does. 
whatever it takes, I don't care if you have to trade away Jonathan freaking Taylor, and that might get me crucified. If you find your franchise quarterback, I promise you, Colts fans, it is worth it. It is worth it to find your franchise guy, and you're going to have to take some shots. I don't want to trade away Taylor, but if that's what it takes, you do you it. You might have you don't to trade away your next three first-round draft picks in order to get them, but what, I gladly accept that. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, I do not care anymore. And, you know, we're having this – I asked you a little bit earlier, Derek, off-air before we started recording. I'm like, do you think the Colts make a move? Because right now, like, you have like a 20% chance to make the playoffs. Would you rather just kind of start selling some players? You know, I know the Colts are 3-3, three and three, so maybe that sounds crazy. But, like, you're, you've are you won one game in the division through five, five games. Yeah. Like, you know, that's bad. That's Very really bad. bad. And so – I don't know, man. I, I'm not there yet, but like, do you start having that conversation? Because would you rather be really bad and have a better chance of getting a franchise guy or hover around that 500, that dreaded 500, and then sit there at like pick 16 or something? And that really hinders your chance to go get your guy and you have to continue to band aid it or you get a lesser prospect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things like that. I mean, I think it's seriously worth a conversation. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is worth the conversation. I mean, kind of going off of what you said about Ballard, I mean, you're right. The quarterback carousel thing, it's not working. Matt Ryan, while Matt Ryan's had good moments, he's clearly not the quarterback. I mean, he's he's just not good. He's not playing very well right now. Even in some of the times when the offensive line's not playing well, when the offensive line is giving him time, he still isn't making the plays that's necessary to win us games. I mean, it's it's a... It's a total thing of Ballard putting too much faith in the offensive line. It's not working. They put uh, they put too much faith in Matt Ryan. It's not working. And the fact that also Danico Autry in this game again, again, crucifying the Colts today. It, there is just something about Danico Autry every time he plays the Colts. That that dude just keeps sacking the quarterback every single game that he plays against us. He becomes a menace in our backfield. And it's like, why did we get let him go, walk again? Why did Ballard let him walk again? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he was too greedy and didn't want to give him another million dollars a year to pay him when he could clearly be the be- maybe the best defensive lineman on our freaking D-line right now. I could only imagine seeing Danico, uh, DeForest, Grover, and Quiddy on there on the edges. That would be a much that would be a really great defensive line right now. But no, we wanted to let Danico Autry go. And ever since Danico's went to Tennessee, Danico Autry has been eating it up ever since. And it was one of the biggest blunders of Ballard's tenure here in Indianapolis was letting go of Danico Autry because Danico Autry kills us every time we play them. And then just the blind faith. Talk about blunders. The blind faith in your, you know, guys that you kept that had no proven experience at their positions, right? And now you've had to make a shuffle on the offensive line every week. Right? Every week, you know, don't have a consistent line. You could have addressed left tackle this year if you really wanted to. You could have gone out there and gotten somebody. Um, you could have done something at least. You could have re-signed either Chris Reed or Mark Glowinski, but you chose not to. You blindly believed in your guys, and now it's coming back to bite you again, and that's on Chris Ballard because he had the opportunity to do this. He continuously lets really good players walk out the door because he gets greedy, and I don't understand that. In favor of guys you know that he believes in that are clearly less superior than these guys. So 
yeah, he needs he deserves plenty of the blame as well. Um, you know, in this matchup, you know, but all in all, it was just a total team failure outside of the defense. I mean, the kicking, punting, Chase McLaughlin, I thought was good again. Yeah. Punting Matt Hawk was horrendous today. Yes, yeah, the just first terrible. time all season that he just didn't look like the guy that we that we signed. Yeah, it's just weird how he just had a terrible game. Like none of his punts were good punts. It was just weird how that happened. Yeah. But yeah, just really the storyline in this game is the offense's continuation of screwing this team over when it matters. If the Colts had a halfway competent, you know, offense, Derek, I really believe that they would actually have a pretty decent record right now. Which is crazy to say, because if you had a competent offense in Tennessee the first time, you may have had a better You might have won that game. Who knows? You know, you're only a touchdown down. You know, in this game, if you had a competent offense, you probably would have won this game. You know, and so many other things like this where you're just like, what the heck? Like, what is going on with this team? It it was funny because um, Tennessee coming into this game, Cody, had not scored a fourth quarter point all year which is hilarious when you think about it. Um, That explains probably why Tennessee is where they're at right now with their record, because there were times where they lost games because at the end of games, they couldn't score. Uh, And ironically enough, it's the same thing for the Colts in seven games have scored 10 points in the first quarter, 10 points last (laughs) season, Cody, there was only I think they said there were only two games that Indianapolis did not score on their first drive in the in the NFL last year. For wow. two games where they didn't score on their first drive. This year, they've scored 10 points in the first quarter altogether. I mean, this offense is historically about to be one of the worst, if not the worst offense that Indianapolis has ever seen. I actually think that I think this is going to go down as the worst offense in in franchise history. And the crazy part is, is that we're supposed to accept that Frank Reich, who was supposed to be this offensive guru, is fixing things. He's not. This offense is far and beyond the worst thing that we have seen in Indianapolis since before the Manning days. Like, that's how bad this offense is. I mean. You could probably argue that this is worse than uh, when Peyton Manning was a rookie, when he threw 28 interceptions that year. I mean, holy cow, we could say how bad this team is right now. And it's definitely on par with, you know, even that 2011 when the Colts had the first overall pick when Manning was out for the year. Like, it's that bad, it's guys. That bad. The offense and it's worse. The, it's- the difference was that the defense wasn't nearly as good as the Colts' defense is now. So the team wasn't winning games, you know, at all. Um, and it's unfortunate because I feel like the defense is going to keep the Colts rec- record relevant while the offense is going to continue to lose them close games like this games that matter. And that's why it's so frustrating because you're just like this defense is, you know, good enough to make the playoffs. They are a playoff defense. Yes. This offense is a tank. It's a tank offense. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's how bad it is. So, yeah, it's pretty rough, man. And then what the heck with the offensive line? You know, why are you paying all these guys all this money if they can't do their jobs I don't know. consistently? I don't know. I mean, whoever's the next GM, I don't know, man, if Ballard's going to last either at this point. Because look at all he's invested, and it's crumbling around the Colts yeah. right now. Tell me about it. Yeah, Braden Smith's not looked good. Quentin Nelson has not looked great this year. Uh, Ryan Kelly obviously has not. I mean, we can kind of go a little further into it. Uh, 
The defense, uh, I want to also give a little bit of a shout out to more of the defensive players. Shout out to freaking Grover Stewart, who had a career high 12 combined tackles today. I mean, holy cow. Grover Stewart just being a beast there in the middle. I mean, it it is hard. It's hard enough to stop this rushing attack. I mean, you know, it took Derrick Henry 30 uh, carries in order to hit 128 rushing yards. And it really didn't feel like 128 rushing yards for Derrick Henry. I mean, really, he got the last 28 yards on those last two carries of the game where he ended up getting those last two runs. But other than that, I mean, again, fantastic work by uh, the Colts defense, really doing a lot of things. I will say this, uh, the one negative I did have on the Colts defense today, uh, why at the end of get the game, the Gus Bradley decided we're not going to blitz Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill was running on one ankle is beyond me. Uh, that, that was extremely weird in my uh, estimation, but at the end of the day, it didn't end up killing this team. I mean, the sad part is, like we said before, Jonathan Taylor had 10 carries in this game. 10. And he averaged 5.8 yards a carry. And then he he also caught the ball seven times today, Cody. He almost caught the ball as many times as he ran it. But Jonathan Taylor had seven catches for 27 yards. Like, I mean... The thing is, is they were using him in all the wrong ways. Like you were using Jonathan Taylor, but you were using him as a default option. And half the time, Matt Ryan was just dumping it to him when he had nowhere else to go. And the, and the Titans read it the right way all game long. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had no chance on any of those routes that he had. They were taking into account that the whole game, and yet Matt Ryan kept throwing it to him for for no reason whatsoever. Like, why couldn't... I know people kept saying, oh, he was on a pitch count. He's on a pitch count. No, he wasn't. He touched the ball 17 times in this game. 17. He could have ran the ball all of those. You could have just thrown it to Hines instead, instead of throwing it to Jonathan Taylor on a dump route, which got you on average less than four yards per catch. Like, it made no sense. Nope. Nothing that this offense does makes any sense, Derek. I mean, I've just given up trying to figure out. Because it's like every week there's something else that they just do that that makes you scratch your head. And just like, why? What is the point in that? That makes no logical sense. And they continue to do it again. So at this point, I'm just done trying to figure it out. I think it's about time for a change in this regime. Because, Derek, I just want to say this. And, and I tweeted it earlier, and I probably got some flack for it, didn't really care. Um, but what I wanted to say is I'm sick and tired of being numb with this team. I'm sick and tired of not caring if this team loses anymore. Yeah, like I don't want to be like that. I want to root for this team to win. But at this point, I don't have any faith that they can. Yeah, I, I'm just sick and tired of every single week not being excited to watch the Colts play. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm yeah, tired we're, of we're fans just like everybody else. Like we want to, we want to be excited for this team. And, you know, we muster up as much as we can every Sunday to think that this team has a chance to move forward, but we just don't, you're right. Like, I mean, it's so hard to, you know, continuously do this week in and week out because 
we we cover this team just as much as anyone in the Colts content world. We have to talk about this team every day, and we're trying to you know be excited about what this team is doing. But you're right. It's just hard. It's hard every week to cover a team that looks abysmal on one side of the field and it loses because of it. And we're just sitting here like this isn't our first time. No. And, you know, I'm just kind of like it's weird because people think if you criticize the team, (laughs) you're not a fan. Like far be it from me from actually criticizing the team and giving the calling out the issues and the crap when I see it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never going to stop doing that. So for those of you who are saying that crap, you need to check yourself because that is not cool. Maybe you should, maybe you know should just be different kinds of fans. <laughs> like we, you know, we want this team every year. We want this team to win the Super Bowl. No question in our mind. We want this team to win the Super Bowl. But if the team is looking bad, if one unit or one, you know, side of the ball is looking terrible, we're going to call it as we see it. You know, and we we try to. I think Derek, we are some of the most optimistic people in the Colts content world. I really think we are. We give this team the benefit of the doubt, but and people say, I, I've heard this argument before. I've heard this criticism. Oh, you guys flip and flop your opinions all the time. Well, maybe if this team wasn't so bipolar, we wouldn't flip and flop our thoughts all the time. Because yeah. the team shows us one thing one week and another thing another week. Right. And I'm sick and tired of hearing that. Because we are just covering what we see. We're trying to be optimistic, but this offense has given us zero reason to be optimistic. No reason to be optimistic. I don't believe in this head coach. I don't believe where this team is going. And I think I have, and we have, the right to say that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's hilarious because, you know, fans of one kind and fans of another kind always try to tell people how to react. Like, you react how you want to. We'll react how we want to. If you if it's not how you want to react to it, then fine. I don't care. I mean, that's your opinion. You can't tell me what to do with mine. I can't tell you what to do with yours. But there's only like one. Uh, there is only one really good thing about what happened with this offense today, and it's that the fact that about three or four guys offensively actually did do something today that helped this team move forward. Uh, Jonathan Taylor being one of them, again, criminal under usage of him running the football. I said it before, um, Cody, I don't know if you saw the pregame at all, but I did say uh, that this team's probably going to have to be a pass first team over the next few weeks because you haven't been able to run the ball effectively. Now I said that under the assumption we were not going to run the ball effectively. We were running the football effectively today. Jonathan Taylor was averaging six yards carry. Like, it's weird because, like, you ran the ball ten times. You're getting six yards carry. That means you're running the ball effectively. Go do it some more. Like, if it starts going slow, then I understand to go back to the original scheme. But the fact that we weren't, like, the fact that we weren't were being effective but weren't doing it also made me very upset. Jonathan Taylor did what he could do today in limited fashion. Uh, Alec Pierce in four targets had three catches for 37 yards. Hines had five targets today, caught all of them for 41 yards. You know, especially late in that game, he helped uh, us move down the field. I can't even give credit to Michael Pittman because Pittman had six catches for 58 yards, but he fumbled the ball. He lost us the game there at the very end. The one guy that deserves the most credit of the entire offense 
is Paris Campbell. Had the most catches of any game in his entire career. Had 12 targets today, 10 catches for 70 yards, and scored the only touchdown for Indianapolis. I mean, Cody, I mean, the it seemed like there was only a few reliable weapons today, and one of them was the most effective one was Paris Campbell again. Uh, the last two weeks, Paris Campbell has looked fantastic. With the targets that he's gotten, he's done the most with them. Mm-hmm. He has done the most with them. And Derek, if he continues to play like this, I think Paris Campbell needs to get re-signed at this point. Yes. I think he's earning himself this year. He's proving that he deserves a second contract with Indianapolis, which I love that. You know, I love that Paris has you know, said in his mind that he is going to prove that his home is going to be in Indianapolis for the next couple of years at least. So, yeah, I want to give him proper credit and just the guys. It's just a bummer we didn't use some of these guys a little bit more mm-hmm. in this game. Um, and, you know, we just kind of went away from some of these guys. But, yeah, you know, even though the offense was bad, I don't feel like some of these players, some of these skilled position players were bad. I just think they were criminally underused. And the way they were used was just not right. So It felt weird. Like, what was it the last time? I mean, we had – I mean, what, Molly Cox, Jelani Woods, and Kylan Granson combined for like 150 receiving yards the last time we played the Titans. And then yeah. this last this game here, Jelani had one catch for four yards. Granson had one catch for six yards, and Mo never caught a pass. Like literally, that- Molly Cox has not been used yeah. in the offense at all the last three weeks, and he's getting paid $8 million a year to do so. See, that is simply why Frank Reich needs to go. Things that we can clearly see you need to have in your game plan, they just aren't doing. They just aren't doing it. And it makes no sense at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like, we, like I said, we make it harder on ourselves when it's obvious what has worked and where the Titans are weak at. And we don't go after it. We don't. We just try these stupid, like, one yard passes to Jonathan Taylor, or we try to run the ball on second and long. You know, or whatever, and it just—it's not working. It's just not working. And the offensive line's not protecting. You know, it's all kind of feeding into itself in a way, and it's bad, man. It's really bad from from the execution to the play call. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know your comments, and as always, guys, go Colts. What's going on, everybody? Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also check out different sign-up codes and promotions that are going on on the website to make sure you're getting the best deal possible on your sports bets. Some of the key features they include are handicapping, you get live play-by-play updates, you get live scores and bet tracking as well player statistics, key game statistics when you make these picks. You also get projected game day weather. Basically everything you need to make sure you're making the most informed bets as possible. Including that, you also have a bet tracker which allows you to keep records of all your games and your betting activities so you won't miss a thing. Guys, be sure to go check out oddstrader.com slash bluewire and check out oddstrader today, the number one site for all your game day bets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.